The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country, and there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against you, against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the, the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go. His father came out and began to plead with him, but he answered his father, listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when his son of yours, when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Be seated. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Grace, peace, and love from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If I say to you, I heard a good one the other day, a priest 
A rabbi and a pastor walk into a bar. Do you know what's coming next? You don't know what's coming next? A joke is coming next. Or at least a story that holds up one person and dismisses the other two. Today, Jesus says to us, a man had two sons. To storytellers and story listeners of that time, saying a man had two sons is a cue. The listeners would know distinctly that they are about to be told a story about a man who had two sons, and the sons would be very different. Usually one would be a good son, the other bad, or one might be rich, the other poor. One might be married or the other single. One might make him proud, the other disappoint. What we know for sure is that we must count them. If Jesus is saying a man has two sons, we must count them and account for them. But nevertheless, a priest, a rabbi, and a pastor walked into a bar or a man had two sons would be the beginning of a classic story and most likely one that would be remembered. We all know this story. You remember everything about this story. That's how good a storyteller Jesus was and how great the message. Yes, today we hear the story of the prodigal son Sometimes the story is called the lost son, or in new translations of the Bible, the lost sons. But to clear the air on what prodigal means, it means wasteful, the wasteful son. And like I said, you know this story. You've heard it many times before today. Yet for some reason we never get tired of hearing it. I think it's because every time we do hear it, something else pops out to us. And we can comment on that, or it's a lesson for us. This story also has a context that is worth mentioning. Jesus has been staying and eating with sinners and tax collectors, and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus' response, a man had two sons, I just told you that. So this story has a heart. And the heart of this story is what I want to tell to you, God's people, and also the heart of this story that God wants me to tell. All of the gospel is in this story. All of my life, all of my life is there. All of the lives of my friends there. This story is literally a mysterious window through which we can step into the kingdom of God. It is like a huge gate that allows us to move to the other side of existence. So as the story goes, the younger son wants his inheritance and intends to leave town and head towards what we might think of as Las Vegas. And we relate to this action as tantamount to wishing the father was dead. Father, I cannot wait for you to die. Give me what's mine now. It hurts me even to say that. Can you imagine if you asked your father, Dad, give me my share of your property so I can go off and be on my own. What might some fathers say? Oh, I'll give you something. I'm not dead yet. The son's leaving then is therefore a much more offensive act than it seems when we first read it. 
It is a heartless rejection of the home in which the son was born and nurtured and a break with the most celebrated tradition carefully upheld by the larger community of which he was a part. When Luke writes, and left for a distant country, he indicates more than the desire of a young man to see more of the world. He speaks about a drastic cutting loose from the way of living, thinking, and acting that has been handed down to him. He pursues instead dissolute, loose living and wasting himself and the money away. But it's important to remember that the fault was not entirely his. What else was going on? There was a famine in the land. He began to feel the pinch and took a job on a farm feeding the pigs, the lowest that a Jew of that time who avoids pigs by kosher law could descend. It is at that point when he comes to himself. What a great phrase. He comes to himself. And that's where I dissolve into this story. May I be so bold to say that I was a prodigal son. I remember this time in my life so vividly. I was 17 years old, and I was a musician in New York City, the East Coast, Las Vegas. I was playing six nights a week, and I was living at, at home. That didn't work out. That cramped my style. I couldn't be free enough of my parents keeping tabs on me. I was making enough money to get an apartment and live on my own. I made the decision to leave home. My mother worked during the day, and my dad was still in the fire department, but off that day. I packed my things, things that my parents had provided, the guitar, the equipment, the clothes, all of it. My dad was watching me, and he started crying. Nick, he said, please don't go. Please don't go. But I went off, and it was a heartless rejection of the home in which I was born and nurtured. And things initially were great, but soon there was a famine in the land, a famine of musical opportunities. I was behind in my rent. I sponged off a few friends, and eventually they had it with me. There was no place to go but back home. My return, like the prodigal in the gospel, was full of ambiguities. I was traveling in the right direction, but what a state of confusion I was feeling. I was ready to admit that I would get way better treatment in my father's house than on my friend's couch, but I don't know how I will be received. But when I looked back on this time, I was truly humbled. This was a very humbling experience, and I believe that when you are truly humbled, God can use you. You have a resume that God can use. And I was ready to ask for forgiveness and hope that I could return home. I was changed. I came to myself. It was a tearful reunion. My dad was gracious. 
and it was like the fatted calf was prepared, only in my case, pastas were flying everywhere. <laughs> Relatives were called, neighbors came in to hear the story, and there are still many facets to this story that are maybe for another day. But what I want to leave you with is some reflection on the father, the father of the prodigal son, who is representative of our father in heaven. And I would also add my dad, who was the gentlest and kindest person I have ever met. He was always a window of God's grace. He was biblical in my eyes. And I hope he sees me now telling you about him. I think he would be proud, but maybe he would be embarrassed by my outpouring of love for him. Oh, and don't think that I forgot about the older, dutiful brother. Only in my case, it was a younger, dutiful sister. And she still is dutiful today, taking care of my mother. God love her for that. My mother is hard to take sometimes and was probably the reason I left home in the first place. But you know, that dutiful sibling was obedient to my parents. She never ran away from home, never wasted time or money on sensual pursuits, never gotten lost in dissolute living, as Luke calls it. But we prodigals came to know our Father's grace, and the Father never stopped loving his children. But my sister and the prodigal son, older brother, never stopped counting. Never stopped counting. They are the family accountants, keeping good track of all they had done to deserve the Father's grace and love. Keeping track and never realizing that they didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to do anything. They would have gotten God's grace and love anyway. If you could ask your parent, what do I have to do to be your son or daughter? What's the answer? Nothing. Nothing. There is no doubt in this parable about the father's heart. His heart goes out to both his sons. He loves them both. No confession is needed or listened to. He hopes always to see them together as brothers around the same table. He wants them to experience that different as they are, they belong to the same household and are children of the same father. And of all things that I get from this story, the grace that flows from a father's love, he's always looking down the road, waiting for us to come to ourselves. And what I would like you to remember today and every day is whether that you are the oldest son the youngest son, you have to realize that we are all called eventually to be the father. That's our vocation, to become the father. Reminiscing about this time, I recalled an old song. It was meant for boys leaving home, maybe to the battlefield. Some of you might know it. The words are tender and full of love. Boy of mine, boy of mine, although my heart is aching, 
I seem to know that you'd want to go, pride in your manhood waking. I'll be here waiting, dear, till at the glad dawn breaking. I'll hear you say you're home to stay, dear little boy of mine. My brothers and sisters, I heard a good one the other day. A man had two sons. He loved them both equally and always, no matter what they did, they can be the father's smart sons, bad sons, rich sons, poor sons, but no matter what, they can never stop being their father's son. Because God loves you, and so do I.